0: Welcome to the Young Adult in Ministry podcast, the YAMCAST,
1: YAMCAST, where we talk about everything the church needs to know, and some things you don't need to know, about failing forward in young adult ministry. We are starting these monthly podcasts with a discussion
2: about the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry,
0: and anything else
1: we feel like.
2: Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My name is Jeremy,
1: and I'm in Nashville,
2: Tennessee.
1: And I'm from, I'm Chris from Cincinnati, Ohio. And here we go.
2: Yeah, so let's um continue our, our conversation with this. So the first one is wait until they're ready. What do we? Uh, what's stood out to you guys uh, from from this chapter? Um, and as it relates to your own, our own experiences in young adult ministry. Yeah, I'm just looking over
0: to the different things I highlighted my quotes and, you know, a lot of it's just around um, older leadership, not willing to either develop younger leadership or, or, or like the, the chapter title says, waiting, waiting until they're ready Um, and that there's not a shortage of young adults that want to lead. There's a shortage of older adults. that are willing to allow young adults to lead or equip them, equip them to lead. And I think one of the local examples for for me in, in this is we didn't have any young adults that were stepping forward saying, we really need a young adult ministry. The question usually came up when somebody came in the front door and asked if there was a young adult ministry. I didn't have any young adults come to me saying, um, can I please start up a young adult ministry? um it was it was older leaders in the church like older leaders like I was going to say like myself um i guess yeah okay i'll let it slide for me um they were going what are we doing with our young adults and what can we do and what's sustainable um and then going to a few young adults and asking them what you know what do you think about this and would you be a part of the connection point on a um, connect on Sunday mornings and then just starting it up and then trying it for a year and then working with older young adults. I think specifically with the older young adults is where the, the leadership aspect comes in for development. Um, and I, one of the ones that I consider to be a leader, she might even be listening right now, Cassie. Um, when I asked her, just point blank, do you want to lead something? She's like, I have no interest in leading something. I I need something to be a part of. Um, I've got so much going on. She's, you know, she's working in clinicals and and, and in the medical fields. Um, she texted me this morning and asked um, uh, if she could share the Zoom link online uh, for the young adult connect time. I was like, we can't do that. You can share that's happening, but then they need to get the private details. And we just didn't want anybody to zoom bomb because our, you know, young adult connect time is so popular. No one showed up this morning besides me, but that's fine. Um, but Cassie. Had just ended her shift and it, she worked all night and she was going to bed and she's going to watch our church service later. She told, me, she told me that she loves doing that and the connectivity of that. Um, Cassie is one of our young adult leaders, but it's not because she came to me and said, I want to be a young adult leader. It's because I, I recognized her as a leader, asked her if she wanted to outright lead. And she's like, no, I'm not interested. And this is what I did. I went, Okay. I'm just going to have her be a leader, but not call her a leader or tell her she's a leader. But I'm going to ask her advice on everything that we do all along the way as we gather people along. And so that's kind of been my approach. Of um, I've been asked the question over the last few years on different ideas I've had for young adults. Do young adults want that? Are young adults looking for that? And I think it's a really good question. But I think if I wait for young adults to ask that question we won't have started anything. We'll just been waiting around. Um, And I think they're, again, waiting for an advocate. I think they're, they're, they may not even be waiting for anything. They're just glad that somebody asked and are willing to participate in something. And in that, they exhibit leadership. And I'm going to stop there for now.
1: I would say there's two kinds of waiting that happens. And some of it is self-imposed, kind of as you were describing um, with Cassie. Um, you know, sometimes somebody not really wanting a leadership role or they just want to be a part of something, at least that's their perception so far. But then the other thing is, you know, in the church, and I know when I tried to do young adult ministry in a kind of official capacity at the church I'm at now, um... I was hesitant to put young adults like in complete control of, say, the worship, the worship band, or you know, teaching times, or some of the official kind of things we were doing. The programming, like leading a class, um, I like started a, a, a Sunday school class for young couples, basically. And looking back, I was just, and I think my thought was, yeah, I want to apprentice some young leaders. Um, but I just never did. And I think unless you have an intentional process to really apprentice young adults into ministry in a good, healthy way, it tends to just not happen. The The older, the old guard, whatever of the church or people who, um, whatever we perceive as having been sufficiently trained, we just kind of allow them to keep doing, you know, things, but there's a different I think there's a different conversation here if you're talking about just within the context of the young adult ministry, or if you're talking about the life of the church, are we waiting um, until young adults are ready? Are we not giving them a chance? And I think in the chapter, and I'll wrap up here, I just think the point they make is we're basically either asking too little of young adults or kind of expecting too much. Sometimes we expect a young adult to come in and do ministry at the same level that some of us would who have been to seminary and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so we expect too much. Um, but then on the other hand, we ask too little. And some young adults don't step up to some of the things we'd like for them to step up to because we are we may not even be asking enough of them. It's not significant enough of a role for them to care um, much about it. So. To me, those are some of the a little bit of the the reasons that this this is a mistake. Basically, waiting till young adults are good and ready, you know, to be developed leaders. Yeah, I think there's a difference
2: um, in in between delegating responsibility and delegating tasks. And too often, for young adults, we can say, "Hey, do this task uh, and do right. this," and um, Still, kind of micromanage, and that I think talks about that dichotomy that you mentioned, where it's like either too much or too little. Where it's like we're going to ask you to do these little tasks um, and micromanage you to a point where if you succeed, it won't feel like you actually succeeded. Um, but if you fail, hey, you were the one doing it, so it's it's your responsibility, um, and you get to you get to own that. Um, where uh, I mean, it, it does, to, and it, it's addressed in the book. And I know we've seen like it's just um, handing over. Um, the keys to something um, regardless of age but especially for for younger adults who are still working up the the resume as it were of um, experience to be able to hand that to somebody and say hey run with this um, is does take a, a degree of trust and um, a willingness to be able to have uh, bumps in the in the road and make failures as you go knowing that it's from that that you can iterate and begin to to change and grow uh, within a ministering with the church. I think one of the things that I've um, seen both in my own local church setting and in others that's been really um, inspiring for me is seeing how uh, very often when you're working together towards some mission and some uh, mission work, that that is when people across age groups can come together and work in a, in a singular direction. And we have the unique opportunity right now where um, most of what we're doing is uh, the quote-unquote work of mission because um, most of our gathering stuff isn't happening. And so I know for our church, some of the compassionate ministry work that we're doing is being um, facilitated and participated in by people across uh, generations because it's important work and it's stuff that everyone can get bought into. And so one of the things that I hope we can continue as we continue to move past lockdown and moving towards um, life whatever the new normal is is that we can continue to find ways to engage in mission across generations
0: well do we have more we want to talk about in this chapter or are you ready to move to the next one
1: i was just looking at an article i can't remember how i got to this article but it was five surprising characteristics of churches that are actually reaching the next generation. And one of the points they make in there is, is kind of about, like one point is passion over polish. Um, and I think these really connect with young adults um, that they want to see passion over just fancy high-tech, great lights, blah, 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 kind of stuff. Um but the other one I was thinking right there is the mission over money. So uh, valuing mission over um, money or, you know, in some churches, there's just always talk about budgets or giving or, oh, we've got to have this, we've got to have that. Um, and so the idea of the of money following mission, um, and that just resonated, for some reason, with what Jeremy was just saying. Um, Young
0: adults are a long-term investment. We talked about that last episode some, but that's, that's the way that I see I think I think that's the selling point to people where they fall in the continuum more towards the money side of the money mission continuum. You need We need both, and they merge someplace in the middle. This is a long-term investment we're making. So how
1: how how can we best invest into that? Yeah, and to me, one of the the overarching takeaways, I guess, from this chapter would be that if if we're keeping in mind that we're not trying to just create a young adult program, but we're trying to create an environment in which young adults are um, developed, and valued, and engaged um that the key, the key mistake here is just <laughs> waiting not not giving up some space within leadership environments in our churches uh, for young adults because we don't think they're ready for it. Um, but it does take it does take extra effort and engagement to help apprentice and develop a young leader. So we have to be committed to that and not just you know throw it at them, let them you know fail or flop around a little bit. And this well, see, I guess you weren't ready for that, were you? Huh. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Here's, here's a couple quotes that I'd highlighted. We had
0: the opportunity to cultivate reliability and leadership among young adults. Mm. Instead, most churches bounce erratically between expecting perfection and expecting nothing at all. Well, that's where I got it. And that's <laughs> basically what, what you just said. And that's, uh, and I think that's where I see. Oh, mm. that's good. You just put it in your own words, which is better than me just reading it out of the book but that's that's what I've seen in the in the spaces in between where we've had really reliable young adult leadership that was really focused on a program, but it didn't have the leadership development aspect, and then there just wasn't anything for years at our church for young adults that was organized in some way. I think that shift now is more towards how did we develop those young these young leaders. And as I've been hearing you guys talk, I've been also wondering too, I think I come at this more from a I'm not mentoring someone who's becoming a pastor into a role. I'm, I'm working with people that are working in all kinds of different, um, they're in, they're in school, they're in all kinds of different sectors of of business and things that they want to do with their future. But being a part of the church and being a part of the mission in their, it, a part of their church is a, is a big deal to them. They want to connect with people their age as a part of that, not exclusively. And so, um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but as I I, I was just realizing in this conversation, um, I'm thinking about the Cassies that are becoming a nurse and what is her role for this season in her life in in leadership among young adults at our church and a participant in that. I'm not thinking about Cassie becoming a young adult pastor and then becoming a lead pastor of her church down the road. And there's I think there are different approaches to how people that are vocationally called to ministry. We develop them as leaders, and and people that are going to be part of the church all their lives, and how we develop them as. And one's not better than the other; it's just there's different focus, conversation, and, and intentionality in in the development, cultivation of those relationships. Does that make
1: any connection points with you guys? What I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you know, whenever I've referred to leadership development around this chapter in this topic um i'm completely not think um how should i say this i'm totally thinking of you know just normal young adults integrating faith in life not someone preparing for you yeah. know some like professional vocational ministry calling um right they right, could be exactly but not necessarily yeah. Um so I think going into this last chapter the mistake of giving up too soon I think especially if you kind of cumulatively think of the other mistakes um you know learning about young adults rather than building relationship with the young adults that was the first mistake just like creating the perfect young adult worship service thinking that's the right solution uh thinking the youth pastor will do it um building a program first and then waiting on young adults to be ready. Those are the mistakes that have all brought us to this chapter, giving up too soon. I think basically this chapter is all about saying you got to be kind of have this long obedience in the same direction mentality and not just, Oh, we need the silver bullet to the, to create the perfect young adult ministry so this giving up too soon i think it can happen as a result of any of these mistakes or some people even with what kenny mentioned earlier about you know you try to do something with young adults and when you have one or two weeks in a row where nobody shows up you just kind of like oh well that didn't work forget it um that's the way in which a lot of people give up too soon i think with with young adults yeah yeah what else did you guys glean from this uh, this mistake, this chapter?
2: Yeah, I think um, talking about how um, investing in young adult ministry is something you need to see as a long-term investment, um, I think two things that come to mind um, related to this final chapter um, on mistake number six um, of giving up too soon, but also, as you said, across the whole thing, Chris, um, across all of these mistakes, is that it's not a... A smart decision. It's not a wise decision to make that investment for the long term because solely because it means there will be people in the church in 30, 40 years. It's um, in order for the church to continue to be relevant and meaningful and engaged in the mission of God today, we need people of all ages involved. And so it's not just like, a, oh, we're going to hook you now so that we have you for the long term. I um, mean, it's we as the collective right of Christ cannot fully be who we are called to be today if we don't fully reflect uh, all the daughters and sons of God uh, that uh, are a part of the world right now. And so um, as a part of that, being willing to be invested in the long term and make the mistakes now to be able to to learn together. And one of the things that stood up from this chapter um, that I thought I think summed it up well for me was uh, you don't grow a tree by dipping the roots in the dirt once every few weeks. Saying that you just can't try different things and then stop. You can't. Um, I think, and that, in terms of discipleship and mentorship, it um, it applies uh, across the board. That um, it has to be. You have to be involved in something consistently. Um, in terms of uh, you know on a on a weekly basis, but also in the long term as well. Um, that it's it's something that you have to be able to be invested in in the long term and um, that it needs to be deep as well uh, when we're engaging young adults, when we're engaging anybody in in ministry within um, our our Christian circles. I really
0: resonated with the Winston Churchill quote at the very beginning. Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I excel at that. On my better days, I excel at this, and I I think the posture that I want to take um, as as uh, a leader of young adults with young adults at my church, and that I want to invite, and I hope I think that we're inviting people to, is um, not just trying something, and if it doesn't work, then let's just start all over again, or it didn't work, and and we'll just not do anything. Um, but say, we're going to do something with young adults and that's going to look different in different seasons. And we're going to invite young adults to be a part of that. And we're always going to do those things. And here's the values and here's the principles that we're going to focus on for that. And this ministry is going to look different in different seasons because it's got different people and, and the times are always changing. So instead of we're going to try something with young adults, and if it doesn't work, then I don't know what we're going to do. It's just we're always going to be doing something with young adults. Uh, what is that going to look like? Who, who's going to be the point of the spear on that? Who are going to be the champions of it? And who are they going to rally to cultivate and develop in, in relationship? And instead of uh, giving up too soon, it's just we're never going to give up. The rally cry is we're never going to give up. We're always going to be seeking out young adults. We're always going to be involving them in the life of the church. We're always going to be.
2: Uh, failing and succeeding forward and And when we are committed to being the hands and feet of Christ in our local communities and our city, our local context, engaging in God's mission where we are, that's when you make that commitment, it's not always like, hey, we're always not that this is a bad thing, but it's not like we're always going to have a Sunday school class, but it's like if we're always engaged in God's mission, that is going to um, that is gonna draw people in of all ages that are that want to see the world made right and the broken healed and the stuff that is ugly made beautiful again and, mm. and that holistic new creation work that we that we believe in as christians that that is going to continue to draw people in. i think one of the things that i love most from the end of this chapter was um it was a quote from an interview um that uh, a young adult shared you know i so much of what takes place in my parents church is just keeping the doors open but that's plotting Christianity. It has no urgency about it. It's more concerned about the people in the church than those outside of it. And not that um, some children of God are not uh, more important than others, but if we are to be Christ-like in our daily lives, our our Christ is one who left the 99 to go find the one, um, not out of a, a lack of love, but because of so much love for those who had not yet um, found him as the shepherd. And so it, the unique thing that we have in this season of the church is that um, we don't just have to figure out ways for the church um, to be sent, because for a lot of us, um, we are now in this in between season where our facilities are closed or have been closed. And so uh, the church is, is out. The church is outside of the building because we haven't been allowed to be inside the building. Um, and that will obviously mm-hmm. change in the weeks and months ahead. But I hope we don't, we don't lose that. And that imagination for how can we continue to be uh, the body of Christ out in the creation of God. It's good.
1: Good. So, Hey, the secret is keep a church on mission and just Continually be building relationships with young adults who happen to be in the church, of course, um, and those outside of the church. But I think that's what Kenny was kind of saying there. Like it's not it's not an option to to at some point say, "Oh, we're not going to do young adult ministry," um, because it's a it's a demographic that is part of the church, even if it's a small part, um, and it's certainly a part of our lives. Um, So, and it's a moving target,
0: but you can do it. We can do it. Yeah.
2: Any other parting
0: thoughts before we close Mm
2: -hmm. it out? I just love the fact that, that Kenny and I can verbally process these thoughts. And then the wise sage in Chris Bean will just be like, this is it. And I can explain it in six words and I can explain what you said, right. And what you said wrong. And this is the wisdom we should draw from it. You're just naturally skilled at that, Chris. Uh We compliment each other.
1: (laughs) I got to have more of this podcast in my life to build my self-esteem. Appreciate that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you can listen to it over and over again once I get
2: them all posted. <laughs> I, think the, I think the last thing that I want to highlight um, before we go, both for those um, who are watching this on Facebook Live and then if you're listening to this after the fact um, on um, an audio podcast platform of your choosing, I want to make sure that we highlight again the, the amazing offer that Chris provided for us with Muma Coffee here a little bit ago. Because in, oh, yes. re- in the midst of recording this and... In his just amazing awesomeness, uh, Chris has made that offer already live. So, can you explain that to us again,
1: Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we started. For those who don't know, Numa Coffee exists to help uh, us do campus ministry at the University of Cincinnati. Let's see if we can get a shot here. Numa Coffee choice. <laughs> like
0: uh, that's like a flag in the middle. It is IP, flags
1: it? represent community, and Numa mm. means breath or air. So air animates a flag. <laughs> coffee animates people the spirit animates kingdom people um so yeah numa coffee um like, it, that like is it, one of our ways to help support ministry to college students. And so uh, I'm one of I'm the main roaster for Numa Coffee, and I'm one of the co-owners, so I get to just make up deals like this. So discount code YAMCAST. Go to Numa.coffee or NumaCoffee.com, either one. Um, look at the coffee there, pick out a coffee you like, order it. In the discount code option, just throw in YamCast and you'll get free shipping.
0: Numa coffee that is a sponsor. sponsor. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, until next time,
2: Hey, keep failing forward, be present and be teachable.
1: Hey, be flexible.
2: And Hey, we're always trying something new. That's right. Cheers. See you guys. See ya. <laughs>